Hi, I'm Rob, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by the man who always takes revenge on anyone playing patty cake with his wife. It's Jason. Nobody would dare. <laughs> they would not. Welcome to Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? This episode of Rewind and Review will look at a fantasy neo-noir comedy that turns 35 this mm. year in 2023. Yeah, that's right. So grab a cigar, watch out for the dreaded dip, and jump into your animated taxi cab as we rewind to the year 1988. Swinging 60s, here I come, baby, yeah! Go back to then. When? Now. 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 Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. Ah, yes. 1988, the year when Bruce Willis said, yippee-ki-yay, uh, Paul Hogan wrestled more crocodiles, and Dustin Hoffman won an Oscar pretending to have an intellectual disability. 1988 <laughs> also saw tunes <laughs> run wild on the big screen in the wacky, original, fantasy neo-noir comedy, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Directed by Robert Zemeckis and loosely based on Gary K. Wolf's 1981 novel, Who Censored Roger Rabbit? Who Framed Roger Rabbit tells the story of a washed-out, drunken private investigator, Eddie Valiant, who's played by Bob Hoskins, who is hired to help clear the name of Toontown movie star Roger Rabbit, who is voiced by Charles Felicia. Yes. Uh, Roger claims to be framed for the murder of Toontown and Acme Corporation owner Marvin Acme, played by Stubby K., after Valiant exposes Acme playing a game of patty cake with Roger's wife, Jessica, it's played by uh, Kathleen Turner. The crazy adventure ensures with the pair not only trying to clear Roger's name, but also save all of Toontown from the clutches of the sinister Judge Doom. It's played by Christopher Lloyd. Be warned that if you haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit yet, but you want to, go watch it first before listening to this episode we will be talking spoilers we will be indeed now I'll, I'll i'll ask this question of yourself jason how familiar are you with this movie how many times have you seen it give me a history you know this is a movie that has existed mm -hmm. and i've been knowledgeable of it uh -huh. i've seen bits of it to yeah. the point where i was like i'm pretty sure i've watched it <laughs> and i think i have i honestly think i have but many, many, many years ago. Like, yep. I know enough about this movie that, you know, like when we watched, uh, what is it? Uh, the the one with the, oh, what are those chipmunks called? Uh, yep. Chip and Dale. Um, yes. You know, like that, that, that recent movie, you know, Disney Plus, where it's like, this is mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, like I have that familiarity with this property, with this movie, what it's all about, all that kind of stuff. But watching this recently, I swear to God, I was like, I think I'm watching this for the first time, like properly. Oh, um, right. Definitely as an adult. I think the last time I watched it, I was a kid. Um, mm. Again, familiar with it. 
thought I knew enough about it. But then watching it, I was like, oh my God, there is so much more to this that I don't recall. And yeah, so look, this is familiar, yet also very, very new to me, if that makes sense. (laughs) But like, I like Disney cartoons and Warner Brothers, the Looney Tunes and other bits and pieces. I like cartoons, Tex Avery style, you know. Um, Yeah, this is that movie to me. What about about yourself? Um, (laughs) Well, so I... No, no, no. So I, you know, this movie came out in 88. I reckon uh, I was two years old. 88 and i so reckon you're about 15 about 15 then were you no i'm sorry i'm being mean uh, <laughs> i re- <laughs> i reckon i probably watched this for the first time when i was probably like three or four years old um i don't remember it then but it definitely it's it's one that my family watched a lot of so i think yeah i reckon i watched it maybe maybe once a year from about you know five years old through to maybe 10 or 11 and since then, I hadn't watched it until this most recent viewing. So I watched it for, like, I was very familiar with it, but only as a child. So I watched it as an adult for the first time um, recently and had a very different experience <laughs> than what I did originally. Um, <laughs> but you remembered most of it, right? That's, I remembered. I, the, I remembered yeah. it, but just in a different way. The gags felt yeah. a bit differently and the well, stakes look, felt mean, a bit different as well. So this is a um, rarity for us. This is a movie that. I'm honestly going to say, I think you're more familiar with, you're more in tune <laughs> with, even though obviously you said it's been a few years, but definitely <laughs> watched it many yeah. more times. Than me. <laughs> and, well, it's and exciting. I had to, to wow, well, I mean, it is, it is. I'm, 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 I'm very excited to talk about this movie, but I am, I have to admit, I was definitely su- pleasantly surprised by the sheer number of um, just recognizable faces in the movie as well that I, I guess I'd forgotten. And, um, you know, just, just how, how diverse the cast list is. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it. All right. Before we do talk about the movie, um, it's, let's talk about its legacy quickly. Um, so box office, it cost, uh, $50.6 million to make this movie and it made uh, $351.5 million. So you'd consider that a pretty, uh, uh, pretty successful film. I would say, um, but that's the money. What about the uh, the critics? Well, um, the critical consensus reads: Who Framed Roger Rabbit is an innovative and entertaining film that features a groundbreaking mix of live action animation with a touching and original story to boot. Rotten Tomato gives it ninety six percent from seventy four reviews, with the average review rating of eight point five out of ten. Metacritic gives it eighty three out of a hundred from fifteen reviews, um, which indicates universal acclaim. And Cinema Score gives it an A on their A to F scale. Do you want to do a Roger Ebert line? What do you you want to take that one? Well, this is what Roger Ebert of uh, basically yeah. of uh, Chicago Sun Times gave mm. the film well, four stars out of four. Four stars, coveted. Four stars. So he calls it sheer enchanting entertainment from the first frame <laughs> to the last, a joyous, giddy, goofy celebration of the kind of fun that you can have with a movie camera. Um, yep. He writes that with the opening cartoon, um, <laughs> it's a masterpiece. You can't remember the last time he laughed so hard in an animated short, but then when a stunt goes wrong and the baby or the cartoon baby stalks off set um, and lights a cigar and tells the human director to go to hell, we know that we're in for a new and special universe this is clearly obviously like and surprisingly to me like i didn't know this movie was that well beloved i mean obviously i knew it had it had its mark and it laid a bit of groundwork for 
certain things to come, especially when it came to like, you know, like cross animation, mm-hmm. live action. I mean, obviously we'd seen things like, you know, many years prior, you know, things like Mary Poppins, Ben yeah. Oliver, Bruno Six, stuff like that. So it, it wasn't a new sort of medium, but mm. obviously like in more of a, like a, a modern setting, I guess, at the time. It obviously did pave the, the the way. I didn't realize that this movie was actually so beloved, like yeah. to the, this extent. You know, like four out of four stars. You know, A grades. You know, the Metacritic's in the eighties, Rotten Tomatoes mm. in the nineties, in the nineties and stuff. Like that is good. That's no, good, good stuff. It is good stuff. It's um, so I I I think I agree with you. I don't think I was fully aware either how just how well this was received. Um, you know, being a kid, I know that I received it very well as a kid and we'll talk about my experience as an adult, obviously, but I didn't realize that the whole world was on board with this thing. Um, I the, whole, I, the whole world really was. I tell, you, I tell you what, I thought, I, I personally, when I was a kid, I remember seeing just the, the way that the animation was made, you know, because it's, it isn't just, you know, when you've got Mary Poppins and the penguins and stuff, they very clearly are cartoon animated there's no real sh- um, shadow shading and things like that on those figures mm. they don't look 3d like 3d 2d animation yeah. and if that makes sense a lot Whereas of the this time... does this has real texture and real feel yeah you know? it's like still I always very much like... being a 2d thing yeah i always thought like space jam was like real advanced and it's like yeah. this came out you know just a handful of years earlier and it's like mm. no they, they're kind of doing it here but, you know like in like mary poppins and things there was a lot more of hey we're putting our live action people like amongst animation so we're going to yeah. animate a backdrop you know you know the, yeah. the dance with penguins and stuff and it's like against a animated you know background so mm. it kind of is a little bit different so it's like yeah. there's a bit more interaction here there's a lot of stuff with like you know like the animated characters you know, handing a live action character something or vice versa mm. actually interacting and look it's not always perfect but there's something pretty cool about it and how it is but for for 1988 come on like it was i mean it's revolutionary it's incredible it's amazing um actually well speaking of um you know being revolutionary and and you know it's accolades awards wise it it got nominated for 47 different awards um and out of that it got it was awarded it won sorry 24 of them now it was nominated for seven academy awards (laughs) um which and it won four best film editing, best sound effects uh, editing, best visual effects. I mean, of course, and a special achievement award for animator uh, Richard Williams as well. It was also nominated for five BAFTAs and it won one for best visual effects. It was nominated for two Golden Globes, best motion picture um, for a musical comedy, and best uh, comedy actor for Bob Hoskins. But it didn't it didn't get either of those. But just the caliber of those accolades there. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like once I'm very surprised by the, that too. When, when we're talking in the Academy Awards field, you know, mm. like we, even if it's just special effects or something like that, and and I say that, I don't mean to say like just special effects, but <laughs> it's it, it's good stuff. Like we are talking real film stuff here. Um, but there is a bit of a franchise that followed this mm-hmm. as well. Um, animated short films. Walt Disney Feature Animation produced a series of animated shorts featuring Roger Rabbit. So I guess very similar to the opening sequence of this movie. Um, the three shorts, Tummy Trouble, Roller Coaster Rabbit, and Trail Mix-Up were presented in front of various Disney touchstone features in an attempt to revive short subject animation 
as a part of the movie going experience mm-hmm. of the three shorts only the first is complete and the other two films ending with roger <laughs> wrecking the sets this is pretty cool to to know that they did this and obviously yeah. This sort of practice wasn't left behind with this. Obviously, yeah. you know, we've seen many times Disney have dabbled back into like, you know, doing little shorts here and there. Mm. Not even just Disney, like other production companies, especially in the realm of like kids' movies. Yeah. Usually you've got a theatrical feature, but you know, it's not the longest. Maybe it's a 70-minute feature. Mm. Not throwing like a 10-15 minute short just to buffer buffer out the time or promote another project. Yeah. Um, you know, even as recent as the newest Paw Patrol movie, I remember going there and being like, why am I watching a 10-minute like short about Dora the Explorer? I'm like, just get to the Paw Patrol. My God. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I can I tolerate Paw Patrol. I hear you, but it's, it's the kids. Think of the kids. Think of the kids. But even um, my kid, like, he doesn't care about Dora. <laughs> but look, there were um there were some novels as uh, as, it, yeah. as it yeah, they, before. Yeah, there were. There was um so who who censored Roger Rabbit, the original that the other film was kind of loosely based on. But then you had a film novelization um in eighty eight as well. So who framed Roger Rabbit? Then you had who plugged Roger Rabbit in ninety one. Plug. Who whacked Roger Roger Rabbit? Oh my god, say that quickly. Um in twenty thirteen, and then there was a Jessica Rabbit serious business with an X. So serious business, I guess, um, in 2022. <laughs> so, you know, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, you can't, can't deny it. She is. Um, there's also some comic books or um, graphic graphic novels as well. Um, Roger Rabbit in 88, based on the film, and Roger Rabbit's Toontown in 91. And then you go into the video game game medium. And, I mean, I didn't actually know this, Jace. Did you, any of these lists, have you heard of any of these? There's four of them, I think. In I mean, So you got... Who Framed Roger Rabbit, PC in 88. Roger Rabbit, just that's what it's called in Japan. That was released in 1989. Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the NES in 89. Hair Raising Havoc, whatever the hell that is, in 91. And again, Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, for Game Boy in 1991. I grew up with video games, but I don't remember any of these games, to be honest. Because because they all seem to be released around the same chunks mm. of years i i wouldn't be surprised if it's very much the same similar game just on different platforms yeah. um maybe some a little bit and that that seemed to be the norm back in the day to do something yeah. like that where it's like yeah the basics of the games are the same mm-hmm. but then you've got, you've got different graphics or different sort of formats to it but um i mean sure yeah that, i mean that was all before my time before dabbling into it but yeah. i can't say i've ever even seen you know roger rabbit pop up um even like retro wise games secondhand here or there or digital stores or anything so who knows yeah. um some theme park rides so yeah, yeah roger rabbit's made his comeback um mickey's toontown which is in disneyland and tokyo disneyland um mm-hmm. there's also roger rabbit's cartoon spin so cartoon <laughs> two words um it's a dark ride at disneyland have you been to disneyland very very no i haven't been to disneyland mm-hmm. have you been to disneyland i have been to no, disneyland, disneyland. I went to oh, Tokyo. Yeah. I've been to Tokyo Disneyland. Um, that counts. And I have seen um, the Mickey's Toontown ride. Um, but I was 15 years old at the time, so I can barely remember it. That to me, that was that was the age of the dinosaurs almost. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> anyway, um, cultural impact. So uh, it's got a cult following. Um, I think we kind of already 
flag that. You know, it's, it's just universally acclaimed and people still love it even now. Um, in 2016, it was uh, selected for preservation by the U.S. National Film Registry um, and the Library of Congress is culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. A lot of the films we do uh, we we do review uh, it reaches that status, uh, so it's not surprising. The critical and the commercial success of the film it rekindled uh, an interest in the golden age of American anim- animation and it sparked the modern animation scene, as well as, of course, the Disney run- run Renaissance. Now, that's a that's a lot of weight to put at the feet of a movie, isn't it? You know, the Disney Renaissance far out. I mean, that's all about yeah. That's, it's, our, chi- that's our childhood. That um, no, that's yeah. I mean, that's what is that like kicking off with like Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid, The Lion and King, like Lion King, Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah, all of those just it, like that is not uh, that is not a light statement to yeah to like claim to like that is a big thing. But mm. I mean, look, there's there's got to be truth to it. Like, obviously, it's difficult. We're watching this you know, in 2023, looking at it being like, oh, you know, like, we know Mickey Mouse, we know Bugs Bunny, we know, you know, like, Looney Tunes and stuff like that and and those kinds of characters that zipped around and that kind of cartoon world, like, and we've seen that familiar again here and there, like, Mm -hmm. popping up. I mean, the Looney Tunes are still active and all that. We see Disney characters and Mm -hmm. animated things, you know, like, that Dumbo's made a comeback, live action version, whatever, mm. you know, like it's all there. But I guess at that time, you know, like Disney is especially had like their run of, of movies in the eighties where it was like, mm. you know, like they're just putting things out and they weren't financially doing great. And they, I guess yeah. it did kind of look like a bit of a down spiral and people aren't caring for animated films anymore. They seem like they're just for kids or when they tried to skew a little bit older, they weren't landing and something like this just getting it in, and i can see it i can see like the oh yeah like the the silliness of cartoons but also something yeah. more that you can sort of do with it like let's go back to the cartoon world like it's fun mm, it's exciting yeah. i can definitely see how it happened and hence why like you said even now like 35 years later cult following like oh, for sure yeah. like i i really my eyes are open to like, well, I see the importance of this film where I never gave it that credit before. I was like, look, again, it was always that thing that I know of and I, I knew it played a part and there's things that have sort of been similar to it. But yeah, it really is something important, which is cool. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Now, this this next point is equally as important, although I haven't tested it, so I don't actually know if this is real, but I know I've always <laughs> heard about this, you know, growing up. So maybe one day we'll test it out. And I am, of course, talking about potential nudity of Jessica Rabbit. So when the laser disc, <laughs> which is what we all want, <laughs> when the laser disc um, version of the movie was released, um, which was in 1994, some people noticed that there are several scenes uh, that the animators apparently put in where you see some brief nudity of Jessica. Now you couldn't detect it with the 24 um, frames per second, which is the usual frame rate for, for the animation. But with the laser disc, it actually you, you could because you could stop frame by frame. So apparently, there's a couple of frame by frame little uh, little snippets of uh, joy. I guess one would say. Honestly, I would don't we, know. Would we call I it joy? <laughs> <laughs> I think when I, so I remember when I heard this when I was growing uh, growing up. So '94, right? I'm I'm still young then, but I grew up with this rumor, but I've never tested it. But you could imagine, you know, a young fellow going, oh. That's interesting. But the thing is, I never had a laser, <laughs> laser disc player until much, much later. And I always had like yeah. a, um, a VHS question, copy of this. Yeah. My, I, I imagine like, you know, 
watch this on I watch this on Disney Plus, but I imagine any inkling of that still being existence would have been removed before oh, it must. Disney Plus. My curiosity though goes to the VHS copies, the DVD copies. Mm. Is it still? Does it still exist? Is it? Still I'd love. On to, there? I'd love to. I'd love to find out. And uh, you know what? This is very easy to find. We could probably Google it and figure it out. But I don't right, know, you a, go a off now and Google no. naked no, 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 Jessica no. Rabbit. And <laughs> Rabbit. I don't, Actually, on I don't, that, I don't, I don't of, want that on my search history, mate. Speaking of Artemon, there's there's enough on there. Um, speaking of like the cultural impact and you know like the the legacy of this. I mean, the Jessica Rabbit character. Can we just say that? Hmm. Now, obviously, look, whether you think it's weird to be attracted to an animated character, whatever, it's fine. You know, like we've all been there. We've all had little crushes. Maybe when we were younger, maybe now it's all good. It's healthy. It's fine. No judgment <laughs> here. I think a lot of people can go back to Jessica Rabbit as being like hmm. the OG of, I mean, not only an, an animated character where it's like, hey, why am I? And I'm not really speaking from, at least in this instance, like I'm not speaking for myself. I've had other animated characters that I've had weird things. Well, that's fine. We don't have to get into it. But this one specifically, <laughs> I know that a lot of people have been like, like, oh, you know, who's the most attractive animated character? And people of go, course. oh, Jessica Rabbit's definitely in the conversation to mm. add fuel to that. She's also, an, you know, like, a, what's the what's the phrase? The an anamorphic kind of humanoid character, but an animal. So it's like, then it like triggers all the furry kind of things to it. So it makes it even weirder, but wait, is she a bunny? No, she's a human. No, she's not. She's actually a human, isn't she? She's she's just called rabbit because she's animated, but she's called rabbit. That's true. To Roger rabbit. There's definitely no no bunny is under that hair. No, because you're probably, you're probably mixing also this up with um, Lola bunny, right? Who is definitely way more my speed. Like, yeah, Lola, right. Lola Bunny is yep. <laughs> anyway, this this took a dark turn. Uh... <laughs> We're uncovering things about ourselves, Jason, which is also healthy. Um, no, but I got nothing to hide. Nothing. To hide. Go- going back to this movie though, with uh, Jessica. Um, yeah, I think this this particular. I mean, look, we've got it here in our notes. Part of the reason why everybody's aware that there, there may have been some nudity by the animators at some point is because it got heaps of media attention um, and then just spun out of control. So for all we know, it might not even be bloody real. Um, you know how things go with your stuff. So, um, But I reckon, you know, definitely caught the imagination. And I have to admit, it's just, I mean, we'll talk about characters in a bit. I get that. But that was such a big misdirection, isn't it? You know, like when you're hearing Jessica Rabbit and he has to go, you know, Valen has to go watch her perform or whatever, and then you find out that it's just human, <laughs> and obviously, per- you know, purposefully created to be incredibly attractive. Like that's that's the whole point. Yeah. Um, she's a fan of kind about... of thing. You're like, yeah. You're like, it's just a huge misdirection. You're like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> um, you know, as you started telling that that little thing there, and you're you're talking about misdirection, I thought you were going to talk about the patty cake. <laughs> Well, I mean, that is as well. That is as well. No, I was I mean, looking through the window. And dead sec, because obviously I've got no memory of like a lot of this movie. Hmm. I'm like, oh, wow. They're really implying that like she's getting it done with someone yeah. else. I was like, wow. But she's, not, she's they actually playing. <laughs> I, like, I was like, oh, they're going to like then pan up and then it'll be something weird that they're doing or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, what does patty cake mean? Like, because they're saying patty cake. But, yeah. And then, then when it cuts to like they're looking at the photos and I'm like, and, like, oh, yeah. and I'm like they're not going to show us the photos because like obviously it'd be so indecent 
And then we see photos, and they're literally playing pancakes. And it's it's oh, it's brilliant. Up. It is so brilliant. Big it up. is really really good. And that, oh, we, we'll talk. We're gonna we'll cover that in a bit. Let's just get the end of this. Let's get to the end of this legacy, <laughs> okay, and we'll start sorry. talking about. It. Um. So yeah, the last thing we would talk about at this point in, in in the episode is you know what's the future of it. Um. Now since 1989, there's been multiple attempts to get a sequel up and going, and we're talking about people like Steven Spielberg. J.A. Abrams, Robert Zemeckis, and Gary K. Wolf, who's the author. Like these are all people who have shown genuine interest and in even doing, you know, strict script treatments and things like that. But it just hasn't got off the ground. And I think it was Zemeckis who said, uh, like, only not even like in the last ten years, who's just saying that you know they they they've had plenty of really good stories, but there's just there's magic in this first one that is, might not be re- replicable and that's just they haven't really found a studio to kind of take the gamble on it which is a bit sad because i think you know when you see how many things are rolled out as you know sequels and reboots and all that shit nowadays yeah. like there's been so many other properties that probably didn't need anything and this doesn't necessarily need a sequel but people have done more with less excuses you know like i think there's enough interest in this I mean, movie to to see it sort of through as a you know Put together a new story of some kind with the same characters. I think it's just be I mean, like looking. I'll be honest, like looking at this movie and you know with the characters that are in it, mm. it is kind of surprising that this movie even exists. Like, I mean, again, we we've seen we've seen things similar since, and sometimes when we're in the parody sphere, it's a lot easier to pull off. But again, something like you know uh, Chip and Dale. Again, I can't remember what the movie's called, but the, the new Chip and Dale movie where they have a lot of different characters from different. Uh, production companies, different studios, different mm. different IPs pretty much come together. Yeah. And it's like, that's where you draw those comparisons. And it's all live action, mm. animation, hybrid kind of thing. But, you know, if we were to look at the production of this movie like, as it came together, this is a Disney film. It's essentially a Disney film. Oh, yeah, it comes under the touchstone umbrella, but, you yeah. know, that's just what Disney was using as a, you know, for more mature properties and things. Yeah. So this is essentially a Disney production. Um, we've also got Amblin attached to it so you know steven mm. spielberg's company his whole you know like producing mm. crew there you know uh you know the ones yeah. like oh all the names are, are slipping you know like star wars lady what's her name uh oh, kennedy catherine Ke- yeah Kathleen catherine kennedy, kennedy and stuff yeah. there we go I'm, yeah ah, my brain is not working one beer frank marshall kennedy frank marshall kennedy. there we go Ke- yeah. yeah okay pretend yeah. i said all of that in one nice clean thing um so you've got <laughs> well, you sort it out in post then- mate that's fine <laughs> where where they're borrowing characters from Warner Brothers, yeah, Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. bits and pieces. Apparently, like looking into it, like there were certain characters that they they couldn't get a hold of. You know, like they wanted to use like Popeye, for instance. Or yeah, right. Um, I mean, there was a whole assortment of others. Um, it sucks that I literally just had one example, but there was a few that they wanted to put in, and then obviously different whoever owned them there, they said couldn't use it. Uh, when Warner Brothers was like, look, you can use, say, you know, yeah. like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and stuff, but it came with stipulations. So we got scenes like, you know, like Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny were in the scene together. Same yeah. amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. There there was no, like, one of them having the upper hand or the other one sort, sort of thing like that. The same with Daffy and Donald playing yeah. the piano. They're both equally good at playing piano. You get the mm-hmm. same amount of screen time. The jokes, uh, they're, they're the butt of the jokes to an equal sort of degree it's fascinating the characters yeah. they brought in the the subtle thing i don't know it's like i'm watching this i'm like is this because i knew nothing i knew nothing going into it like because yeah. i just again i've never just never really read into it properly and i'm like I'm pretty sure this is a disney movie and i'm like did 
Warner Brothers co-produce it? No, nah, they literally, mm. this is not their film. They just let them borrow the characters. So again, yeah. to the point of, hey, could we get a sequel to this? Mm. I can kind of get why it's really difficult yeah, to, uh, to make yeah. happen because... And I, I think that would be one of the key reasons. Like, like that that quote I talked about was Zemeckis. Like, that's what I came across. But you got to think of the logistics and the licensing with these IPs. Like, look how bloody hard it is to get Spider-Man into a bloody movie with <laughs> with the rest of the, you know, the existing <laughs> IP that is just not owned by the same people. And so it just makes it impossible. Well, apparently really easy. They just have to ask and they got it done. But, uh, <laughs> but no, you're right. like, <laughs> you can't just do it. Yeah. You know, and, and expanding on that, what, what I was just saying there, like every reason exists to share some IPs when it comes to just how popular some things are and how much money can be made. And yet it still doesn't seem to get over the line sometimes so well i guess look i don't i don't know if we're ever ever going to see another roger rabbit but the thing is we've got this amazing little movie to talk about and it's it's there it's still there for everybody to enjoy this well, this one movie um even if we don't get another sequel ever again that's fine <laughs> <laughs> all right that's enough about this Bloody film's legacy. Yes, it's made an imprint. We get it. We understand. Cool, 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 cool. Let's talk about the movie itself, Jace. The first thing I want to talk about is what your thoughts are on the setting and the tone of this movie. And what I mean by that is, first things first, we got we get two different we get two two different settings here, right? We get an animated world and we get a real Los Angeles world with tunes in it. So you get Toon World, which is Toontown, but then you get LA as well, where all the tunes are working. And like that opening scene, right, where it's just that that animated short of craziness, which is just like any other like cartoon that you've seen, like a Looney Tune cartoon. Yeah. Tex Avery style, over mm. the top crazy, like oh, legit, like I was like, is this a short? Like it does. It plays like a short yeah. at the beginning of a movie, as we sort of talked about before. Like it's great. And then that transition, that transition once yeah. so the, the fridge falls on Roger's head. He sees birds instead of stars, um, which apparently you can choose to do that as a toon when you're getting hurt. And, you know, I guess we have to say toons can't die, apparently, um, by it's through trauma, the, through trauma. Part of the craft. It's part of their acting. That yeah. They... <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's such, it's interesting because when that, as soon as that animated short finishes and they, you know, they cut out of, they're filming that movie, all of the cartoon props and the set turn real live yeah. action so like it the, really the fridge is turns well real. Like, it is really really well done you even actually see as they walking as you've got um baby herman lifting up the skirt of the, the lady and asking for his cigar and all, all that kind of stuff and abusing people as he's walking off you see in the background the his mum's legs which were animated are now just this legs that are on like they're, they're big giant <laughs> like it's a mechanical thing where they're, they're cut off at the shin like it's a prop it's yeah a prop. it's a prop yeah it's a prop that, that that has big pistons that like move them up and down as if it's walking um Every... it's an animatronic child of a woman really yeah everything that 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 opening scene and then the transition leads into uh, it it does set up this world and and obviously it, it is something that we've seen many times since especially in looney tunes mm. like like uh like movies essentially yeah. you know whether it's space jam uh lynch is back in action stuff like that where yeah. it's like oh all of the all of the toon characters whether they're looney tunes or you know, just other casting characters whatever it's like they live in the real world they exist 
um, yes, there is a Toon world or a, a Warner Brothers world or something or whatever, depending on what movie you're watching, but they exist and they're actually, when we watch the shows, the cartoons, the movies or whatever, they're actually actors or like they really exist. So you watch a Bugs Bunny mm. cartoon, it's like he actually goes to a set, does the show, does the stunts, all of that. And then when they're done filming, he goes and has a break and you know, eats a carrot and I don't know, has a coffee and stuff, like whatever he needs to do. Like, yeah. so that sets up this world. This is the world that we live in. Humans and toons live like side by side. They coexist. It really mm. does set the, you know, it gives us the setting of, of mm. what the world is. Later on, we but do it's get so to unique. See... It's so unique, isn't it? You know, it, it, because yeah. yeah, just that transition and 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 also like what you see when when we've got. When they go to Toontown, humans like can get humans yeah. can get squashed and rolled over with you know like it, you get the two worlds, the physics of the physics, world, yeah, like and they, they change and and it, there's nothing exclusive to you know so in LA, Toons physics works, but people also walk around just like normal people. Mm. But um, there's things like you know like you can put like there's that there's that black hole thing that you put on the wall and it's like mm. you can reach through it and things like that. And there's that scene with like the tunnel, and I dead set was like. Oh, like they've they made it look like a real tunnel, and then when he drives through it, he's gonna like hit a wall or something. Yeah. But then now he actually drives through it, and I was like, "What is this movie? Yeah, is it's like playing with me. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Why but, am I expecting things that aren't happening? What is going but, on?" <laughs> but when Valiant's in Toontown and he's falling down off the skyscraper, he falls down. But he, it, there's a delay, like in all cartoons. Yeah, he stands there like oh, his hat stays in the air, and he reaches up and grabs it as he, while he's already fallen. And then when he hits the ground, he's squishes kind of thing and it's just all it's of like he's subject to the... toon town um physics mm. when he's there all of like that the the cartoon world blending with the with the real world live action sort of thing mm. i think it's done really well like and again like you wouldn't be mistaken for you know watching this movie and and viewing it as look it's only a pg rating here which is like you know like that's fairly kid friendly to an extent but watching mm. this thinking hey this might be a more adult film than you think it is but really it's not it, it does have a certain tone though like and again the the 19 i think it's 47 is it i'm just going yeah, 1940 so, yeah. does give a bit of grit to like you know the downtown la and yeah you know, like they're in they're in clubs and you know watching you know sexy dances of animated yeah. characters who may or may not be a bunny we're not really sure um still up for no, the no, I'm, um, I'm sure i'm very no, sure she's definitely human She's a <laughs> she's an animated human with red hair and sexy legs. Um, it's weird. Yeah, like it's it's dank. They're smoking cigars. They're you know we're talking mm. about murders and things. Like it's a gritty it's a gritty sort of setting. You know, like yeah. there's there's drinking. There's alcohol problems. There's you know like not getting you know like obviously dealing with the we don't see it in this, but like the death of you know a brother and. Mm. You know, like avenging that. Like, there's a lot of themes and tones in this that are like, oh yeah, this is not really a kids movie, but well, it's definitely safe enough. It's safe, <laughs> safe enough, safe but enough. but they definitely like so back in you know the golden the golden age of Warner Brothers cartoons, right? You know, with Woody Woodpecker and all that stuff, Bugs Bunny, all that. You know, they were ultra violent cartoons back in the day, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you see see a little bit like with the the um, opening scene there with Baby Herman as he's he's trying to get to the cookie jar and you know like he he his head goes in the water as he's moving across plates in a sink and that's you know he he's he could drown you know and then he's climbing above something and there's all those sharp knives underneath him and then there's there's all these hazards 
And it's just, it just throws back to that age of like, yeah, back in the day, cartoons did skewer each other and they did, people did get, you know, <laughs> <laughs> impaled on things and burned alive and all that stuff. And it was all for gags and all that. Um, but it still is a kid's movie. It's still done in a safe way. But then you also get this neo-noir like tone to it, which is like the fun element to this movie as well. You, you've got this real world where the, the, the you know, animated cartoon characters are working and living and doing all that. And then you get this private detective story who like every time you see him, you just expect to hear like a, like a saxophone in the background. And oh, it's just the way that Nino, like they portray the Nino, like mystery, like who did, who did it kind of thing. And Dick Tracy kind of stuff. It's just a yeah. really cool vibe. I like the vibe. Walking in, walking into the office and it's smoky and it's like, you know, like let's put my hat on the, on the rack and yeah sit down i've got my jacket and it's like let's solve a murder mystery like yeah. a crime has happened let's go through it like it, it's it's got all of those sort of elements and of yeah. course like the the music and stuff that just plays into it and we've got alan silvestri you know scoring this mm. um listening back on the soundtrack a bit i'm like okay i can i can hear the silvestri of it but like watching this movie it very much is just like well, i'm just getting all the neo-noir sort of crime old movies from the 40s and 50s you know like kind mm. of um just musical notes to it and it, it feels of this time and that piece yeah and it's, it's 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 great but then yeah it, it did it wasn't within the movie but it was after the fact where i'm listening back and i'm like okay mm. i can kind of hear the, the silvestri elements but this is very different to what we normally that. hear from yeah. him you know like in his big over the top sort of wonderful he's he's, he's, score, he's but... it's atmospheric here you know um and it, yeah um, we're talking about tone and the score generally, you know, that always plays into it, but, but it's it, a, he, he, it's, it's, he has playing, own... it's playing for the genre as well. Like, of, yes. I mean, the, yes, yes. The neo-noir genre part of it and not so much the cartoony wackiness of it all, even though obviously there are flamboyant musical pieces and things like that, that, that make a part of it. But the, the main pieces are the, the, the gritty crime yeah. kind of elements, which, which again is, is great. And, it's great because it's a kids movie and everything in it is a kids movie. Like like we said, patty cake. And it sounds like yeah. they're doing something raunchy, but they're just playing patty cake. But the way they play it off, it's like, it's it's real. It's legit. It's like. It's still, it's still so inappropriate. It's it's what <laughs> And you know, the only way this all works as well, like, because this could mm. fall flat if the animation was terrible. Now I already mentioned yeah. that like, there are some, there are some bits where it's like, oh, I can really tell how awkward and unreal that is you know when when there's a bit of interaction between you know they're part the animated characters passing something to a live action yeah. actor or something and and i'm like oh it's not quite there it's not perfect but it's no. still pretty good it's I mean, pretty it was it was perfect but it's not perfect now um and you can see it's all you know you got yeah just just like old green screen like like silhouetting and all of that kind of stuff mm. but it's what i actually found the most I actually found like one of the the more crummier part of the the animated parts or the special effects, I guess, was when we've got Valiant. You know, you got Bob Hoskins in the Toon World, and it mm. is like you know he's doing the green screen thing or whatever method they were using like back then with this, and it's like ah oh, the outline of his body and the lighting isn't quite meshing properly, and it's very jarring. Yeah. And it's like, how is him doing the green screen stuff worse than? When they put the animated stuff on the live action, I'm like, they're pulling all that off like pretty well. So it it's is, like, ah, oh. it's a good point. Like, like that. Yeah, when when he's in that would be town, easier, it's much worse. Yeah, you'd think so, but 
yeah, it really does. You're right. It is a bit more jarring with him in Toontown or when he's really surrounded by that. But, you know, Roger running around and, and you know, having a shot of alcohol and blowing around, blowing off his head and going crazy in, in, in a live action setting. It's done really, really well. There's even well. a lot of some real intricate scenes, like with the, you know, like when he's in the sink and, you know, he's coming up yeah. for air and like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, with the water down and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, the water splashing, and then you've got the animated characters like in the background, sort of like looking for him and you know, walking around and also interact. It's it, there's a lot going on, and then there's just crazy scenes where it's just mm. you know, you've got Bob Hoskins just walking down the street, mm. and it's like all these random characters everywhere interacting, and, and it's just again, the lighting, everything. Oh, there's yeah, so many little like little nods like everywhere. You wouldn't want to watch this movie and then like just scroll on your phone or something. Have it, like there's so many like little, call them Easter eggs or little yeah. things that like you gotta be looking otherwise you're missing the mm. stuff with like the car. Like mm. is it Benny? Benny, yeah, yeah like, Benny the taxi cab. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sequence where like he first gets in and then they they mm. he drives off and it's going. And he's you know he all look essentially it's a car chase sequence, but he's he's all over the place and it's yeah. interacting with the environment and things mm. going on. It's just like magic. I love I loved all of that. That was, that was one great. of my, my favorite scene where they've combined um, the animated and the live action was so with Jessica Rabbit they used a, a body double for her for for reference for like for the physical elements, but you can tell when she's doing her intro song and, and dance and stuff and she's interacting with um acme and then um valiant you know there is somebody who is clearly wearing like you know they, they must be wearing a green suit or doing something either way mm. they he does get grabbed he does get his cheeks pinched he does he gets his co collar ruffled and it's all live action it's all real and it's all really done well i thought with jessica animatic character doing it all even though we know clearly it's not and she's flat 2d like, but she's yeah. still got presence. It's really, really well done. But you're you're right about I mean, you know when he's in the, when he's in Toontown, it is much, much worse than mm -hmm. like it really doesn't stand up in in a, in a sense. Potential peek behind the curtains, um, mm -hmm. you know, like just on that. Now we've got we've got Charles Fleischer, you know, voicing Roger Rabbit, but he mm -hmm. was actually on set dressed in the like dressed in a Roger Rabbit costume, actually interacting with Bob Hoskins. I guess obviously either like to play the scenes out to assist whether they use the footage with him in it and then like edit it over him or you know digitally removed him or whatnot and that and again like we're talking 1988 so i'm like the what i would imagine they would just do now is so different to you know how they were doing their craft back then again it might have just been for stage reference and stuff for bob yeah. hoskins but either way he was there dressed as roger rabbit which i think is great and that's just the, yeah. the extra effort of i mean it would have really helped Bob Hoskins as well, like, because <laughs> it would have been bloody hard, really hard, especially when you, you're physically throwing, like all the time he's interacting with Roger, he's like picking him up and throwing him around and, mm. you know, physically interacting. He's not just talking to a character who's standing next to him. He's physically involved with him. So I think that's, I think, yeah, it's, it's really well done. I, I'm, I'm still quite impressed. And, and I do, when I look at the animation and the, the production um, quality of it now, I can look past, you know, the the more faker stuff when when Bob Hoskins is when Valiant's in Toontown with the more yeah. oh, look, the dodgy at the end of the day, stuff. At the end of the day, it still works fine, and it and it's mm. it is what it is. And it's like you just look past it because you're having fun, you're having fun, aren't you? Um, oh, but I suppose we probably just should just talk about some of the characters, and then yeah, probably be able to talk through most of the movie that way, I guess, because there's hmm. 
Well, human characters, right? So you've got um, you got Bob Hoskins playing Eddie Valiant, um, and he's is what he's just a washed up alcoholic dude, like PI basically, because like he used to love tunes. That's the whole his whole thing is he hates tunes, mm. but oh, he oh. he knows that a toon killed his brother, and so he yeah. just despises them now, and so he doesn't like working with them, doesn't like yeah. As I was watching this movie, I was actually thinking, I was like, are the tunes sort of like an like you know an allegory for you know another like Im- immigrants or something like that maybe you know, like immigrants i'm thinking because we're talking like the movie industry and stuff i was thinking mm. maybe uh i was like you know like maybe like jewish people you know and like okay and maybe like rather than having like a jewish person it's like you know you've got a tune and then you've got bob hoskins character you know valiant being like you know mm. like you change his dialogue from being like i hate tunes to being like you know I hate Jews because yeah. one of them killed my brother essentially. And there's that sort yeah. of thing. I, I was making, I mean, it, it doesn't paint it like that, but it's mm. kind of like, you know, we're talking the film industry. So you know, you've got a lot of that kind of, well, oh, he's, well, and he's, he's got a mistrust of an entire people. <laughs> yeah. Some, which, one you know, of them, one of them killed his brother. And if you look at the, the diversity of their characters, <laughs> yeah. So now I, I think, I think it could be an allegory. I mean, I don't know if it's intentional, but we can definitely look at it in that way. But of course, um, by the end of the movie, it is it is about like working together with the tunes and like helping them and, and appreciating like, coming yeah, over that, yeah. I guess that um uh, opinion. Yeah. <laughs> All my keywords are like slipping my brain. What is that word for that? The bigotry, the um Zionism. Is that, that is that is that it? I think that, that the that word. Point, I reckon. Sure. That we can, I, You're the smart one. You're meant to give me the keywords. Oh, but just... I, I could be smart sometimes, but we are talking about a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared. I was not prepared for this. But you're right. Like, look, I appreciate the fact that he had like a backstory. There was conflict with. I, I loved it. Doing. I love that element of it. Is... Where you had other characters telling him like, "Oh, you're working with the tunes now." You know, actually taking the piss out of him, being like, mm. "Like, mm. oh, you know, like you." Like, oh, are you going to be a two now? Like, and then mocking him, being like, oh, well, you should, you know, do song and dance and do this and yeah, that. And, yeah. oh, how's the gravity? And th-? and it's like, what? <laughs> like, it's, it's mm. crazy. It really is engrossing. But, but, but I do, I like Eddie's, um, like, Valiant's, um, like, backstory. Like, he's got, yeah, it is, it's, it's still family friendly. So it's not too dark, but like, yeah, he's, he's got a real prejudice against, against tunes but then he learns to love them but he's also got that relationship with um i think it's dolores isn't it is dolores the the bartender oh yeah 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 Yeah. like he's got that relationship and you see throughout the movie where you know when he's developing the camera like footage of the patty cake scene and then he sees the photos of him and dolores on their holiday and it's lovely like because he's laughing he's like oh like he really really, you get to see his him an actual you you do see he he portrays in some stages, he's portraying like a caricature of a of a of a private detective in a neo noir movie, but he has to be family friendly. And then the next one, you get actual real emotion from him, a real heart, where he's like, "Yeah, he regrets certain things." And then in that same scene where you're looking at photos of him and Dolores, then you see photos of the same holiday with him and his brother, and you're like, "Oh!" And then you see his desk that hasn't been touched and it's covered in dust, and just the entire mm-hmm. little scene just captures a bit of heart and emotion that you don't maybe expect when you're looking at the rest of the movie because the rest of it and is you know what? quite superficial, you know? Bob Hoskins is is genuinely doing a, a, a pretty a pretty good job here. Like, 
Again, mm. performance-wise, I mean, he's you, you got to appreciate the fact that he's he's working pretty much with with nothing a lot of the time. Obviously, there are some other humans he's interacting with. For the most yeah. part, he's walking around. I mean, I I get. I said you know, there's a guy in a in a costume following him around, but for the most part, he's he's acting alone. He's expressing enough. He's he's doing a genuine performance where it's like he's not like oh, I'm just in this movie. It's like it's basically a cartoon. I can just sort of take it. He's, mm. I think he's genuinely putting a like he's putting in his A game in terms of effort. Yeah. Um, he's not phoning it in. Like he's doing great. Like yeah, Bob Hoskins was definitely a. He's he's known for doing. I mean, take the Mario Brothers movie. Like just yeah. shocking. Yeah, shocking. But you yeah. know what? He's committed to like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, this is this is wacky shit. But I'm mm. gonna do a good job because I'm getting paid for it. Like he's he doesn't phone it in. He, uh, yeah, he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. And you, you know, him. you know who fully committed to the role as well. I guess like Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd as Joe Doom. <laughs> I reckon he like he fully he's wearing prosthetics too, right? Like that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, what like why does he look like he's made out of plastic? Yeah. <laughs> it's like what's going on? And, and you on? know what? It it's great in a sense when you get the reveal that he's actually a tune wearing a suit. Like a rubber suit. <laughs> yeah. It actually kind of even, I was like, oh, even well, more, you know. That's a good payoff for like, yeah, mm. he definitely looked like he was made out of plastic this whole time. Yeah. And I don't know why. And I was like, why does Robert Zemeckis keep wanting to put him in, mm. you know, like rubber masks and things? <laughs> back, to, back to the future, but yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it is is what it is. Look, interesting villain. I mean, obviously, just mm. like I'm the bad guy, I'm very evil. It's, he's not he's really not hiding it. Like the first time you see him, mm. he like he kills a cartoon shoe, you know, like yep. with the dip. And yep. oh, again, the bloody Chippendale Rescue mm. Rangers movie, whatever it's called, the dip liquid literally is in as a plot device in that movie. Like, is that movie a sequel to this? I don't know. I, I can't say. But I haven't seen it, Jason. Haven't seen it. Dude, what? No. Genuinely, you know, perfect. After you, you've now watched this, go yep. watch that Chippendale movie. All right. Like you again. Murder mystery, crime, solving things. There's personal drama, and the animation is fantastic. And the dip, the dip is back. So anyway, sorry, Judge Doom, um, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. yeah, he's good. Like, and again, good little reveal. Again, obviously, he's a mustache twirling bad guy. There's, there's mm. nothing really more to it. But do you know, do you know what know, it reminded me of? Right? You know, what his performance reminded me of that. It's the full commitment and over the topness that Jim Carrey does with the oh, um, from sonic yep for sonic yeah like just and also wearing a trench coat oh, like so yeah yeah <laughs> a leather um, trench coat and and i yeah, i'm saying that i haven't actually seen sonic 2 um but laura or the wife watched it the other night and i, I wanted to watch it but i was and had some other things on and i could hear it and i was like oh god it sounds like fun but um <laughs> the uh but yeah so that, when i was watching chris um christopher lloyd in this i was just like oh he's so good just to see somebody just do stupid like these silly and over the top and and i was like mm. oh, and jim carrey does that he nails that in sonic as well like you get these these actors who they're really good um comedians in their own right and good actors in their own right but then when they just commit to this kind of thing where it's so fantastical and not realistic in any way but they still throw themselves into it i think it's it's great so i really i really like christopher lloyd's judge doom like you know he's a bad guy straight from the frustrated from the top you don't know he's the bad guy but you know he's a bad guy he's a, a villain he's not hiding it he's not yeah. hiding it yeah sure. i mean the the alternative would have been there is another bad guy and then christopher lloyd's character is one over but again the opening scene like he's murdering cartoon characters so it's like and did you mm, it, yeah interesting 
interesting tidbit which I, I wanted to um to share about that murder scene as well. Did you know it's Nancy Cartwright voices the noise the the shoe, even though Is the shoe doesn't actually, doesn't have any actual spoken um doesn't have any spoken dialogue, but just the noises it makes. It was Nancy Cartwright who did that. Wow. So I mean, at that stage, she would have been in the Tracy Ullman shorts doing Bart Simpson. Hmm. That would have happened already. Yeah. So cool. I want to call it. Uh, I was going to call it Boot Simpson, but it's. It is more of a shoe than a boot. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, the other main, the other main cast. I mean, I guess I mentioned Charles Fleischer as Roger Rabbit, but he also voices mm. Benny the Cab, yeah. Greasy and Psycho. But it's a Greasy and Psycho. Roger Rabbit and Weasels. Yeah, 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 little weasels. But mainly the the Roger Rabbit character. Like again, <laughs> this is like this type of voice work. This this type of performance. The style yeah. of, of a voice accent and stuff. It really works for this character. Like. He's whiny. He's over the top. He's eccentric. He's he's loud and out there. Like, um, but at the same time, it's there's a sweetness to it as well, where he's just like, I need help, you know. Like, yeah. and again, that plays into the whininess of it. But it's kind of like, ah, oh, you kind of want to help him. Like, and it's 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 funny. Like, he's genuine. It's funny with his character as well because yeah, he is like you said, he's whiny, he's annoying. He's but then you've got this relationship with him and Jessica, and she is just all in with him even though you think that she might not be but like she's yeah pure in love and you know valiant doesn't understand it no one understands it because it is just a contradiction you've got this weird boneless spineless just coward of a character who is also lovable but he's gentle and you just feel sorry for him <laughs> oh it's because he's so because he's so yeah. famous and he he's good at what he does well, except for obviously getting the, the bird symbols coming out of his head but other than that um, yeah. But like you know, like with with Jessica Rabbit, I mean, obviously mm. we talked about her sex appeal and all of that. But uncredited voice by Kathleen Turner, mm. um, who again, like, I mean, say what you want about her, like, you know what, the musky voice really does work to oh, kind of sell yeah. the character. I mean, I'll be honest, it does. It it's like thinking thinking Kathleen Turner, like in terms of you know, like, oh, I'm meant to be thinking about this sexy. Oh, it doesn't do it for me. I'm just saying she's definitely <laughs> an older woman. I get it. She had a heyday. It's all good. I'm not. Trying, trying to be nasty, but yeah. her voice though, I'm like, yeah, it's a sexy, it's a, sol it's a sultry, oh, and it works. deep, deeper, sultry, sultry voice. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then you've got Amy, Amy Irving was a singing voice as well, which um, yes, so two two different uh, voice, uh, two different actors doing doing that role. Um, but like a beautiful choice for the singing voice, and then yeah, Kathleen Turner with that, yeah, that slightly husky but, sultriness. It's very with the it's good. It works. With her character, like, you know, obviously when we're introduced to her pretty much, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. She's yeah. this, like, sex symbol kind of creature. And then, oh, no, she's got a, a, a sneaky betrayal deviant side to her, the Patty yeah. Cake incident, you know? And it's like, obviously their marriage is over. Like, this is, like, what's going on? Is she part of the plot? Is she one of the mm. bad guys? Is she involved in the murder? And then as the movie progresses, it's like, oh, no, like, it's slowly she's kind of winning us over, I guess, as the audience. And I was like, oh, you know, and then we kind of get back on board with the fact that it's like, no, she is devoted to Roger Rabbit and their yeah. marriage. And, you know, the end of the movie is them embracing, holding hands and mm -hmm. essentially they don't actually do it, but like, you know, go off in the, into the sunset. They're together, they're back. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's a, it's a week the whole time. I'm like, nah, she's, she's a piece of work. She's no good. We're not meant to like this character. It's well, I, when I, I did, Watching it as an adult, you know, with such a big gap, I, I knew that she comes good, but I was a bit surprised by how effective 
the misdirection is. Like they did really in that that second act, they do make her fit like out like she is. You know, she's definitely she's a villain, and then it's only you know yeah. So in the third act, when she's working with um with Valiant, and then yeah, and then when they're kind of captured together and tied up, like yeah, they're just fully full de- devotion. It's just yeah. It's a great little little journey that we go on with her. So surprising because the way she's introduced is she's not she's not introduced as anybody with substance um, or integrity or anything like that. She's just she's just the femme fatale kind of mm-hmm. sexy thing, <laughs> and she's yeah. I, I think that she has real agency in this at the end of it, and she she has like yeah a really really great little story arc. I think so. And speaking the of someone with the voice is great. Speaking of someone with value and integrity and all of that, Lou Hirsch. As mm. the voice of Baby Hermit, obviously we talked about you know at the beginning of the movie, seeing you know being a bit of a sleaze, you mm. know like smoking his cigars, all that kind of stuff. It's just he's obviously just like a little midget guy who can play mm. a baby. All good, but later on we catch up with him, mm. and what does he refer to Roger Rabbit as? He's like, no, 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 like he's my friend. I know he wouldn't do this. He's definitely got his back. So as much as yeah. you know, sleaze bag he is. That one little moment, I'm like, oh, he's a nice boy. <laughs> he's a good and then, he, um, and then he loses his cigar and he cries like a baby. Like, wow, wow, yeah. like a grown man. Wow, wow, Basically, I don't know, he says something derogative to that to that woman that's pushing his pram mm. and stuff. But other than that, he, you know, he, he's like, I don't know, Roger's mm. my friend, you know? like they. they yeah, and I do, him. I do. You're right, I, I like that. Um, Yeah, just he's, he does have his back. And because at that point, Valiant is... is He's not sold. He does. He thinks the the evidence is there. Like, yeah, Roger's done this kind of thing. Mm. He's like, no, he definitely well, hasn't. This, I know him. Look, this movie has heaps of characters, whether they're live action, animated, mm. and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, we can't sit here and digest like like dissect every single character, every single, but yeah. you know, like big names like Mel Blanc is is here. Back is Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Tweety Bird, Sylvester. You know, like doing the Looney Tunes. We've got you know Brucey Taylor, who again another sort of famous for being in the simpsons you know doing the, the mini mouse the mini mouse voice the hummingbirds yeah um yeah you're right nancy carrot there we go it's the shoe um frank mm-hmm. welker is dumbo although uncredited like there's heaps even you know archival footage of you know frank sinatra mm. for singing sort of like, there's, <laughs> yeah there's like they go all out they 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 get it done um and then again we've got heaps of you know great actor like stubby k is, is marvin acme and again there's you know like play into the the looney tunes world you know acme you know the yeah basically like well, and online well, store good, these speaking days. of acme i mean not 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 the not the character i mean yeah good good on you stubby but um just how good is it with all of the animated props and things that are in the movie and it is like like the acme weights and the hammer yeah. and like it's just all brilliant and and the way that um they have uh yeah uh valiant interacting with it all like um oh, what is it yosemite sam's guns with these bullets <laughs> oh yosemite sam oh, oh, having him back yeah oh the bullets the whole sequence with like you know like oh yeah he gets the bullets and then all the bullets have mm. um, they've got a personality to them and stuff and yeah i'm like yeah. sitting there questioning I'm like so what happens after he fires the bullets? Like, do they come back to him? Can he? That's what I wanted back? to know. Yeah. But you don't. You then don't he discards the gun. He's like, he's he just throws it away. <laughs> throws even it though, away. even though it's um, in a gift box that says, you know, from from your friend Yosemite Sam. Yeah. <laughs> like I need a I need a spinoff about those bullets and all of that. And I don't know. Give me more Yosemite <laughs> Sam. Like he is great. Mm. Um. But yeah, man, like there's 
yeah, there's, oh, there's, there's heaps in this. And again, it is, it's like a who's who, don't blink, heaps of Easter eggs. Hmm. Yeah. The, it, this movie really does make you believe that these different cartoon worlds exist yeah, together. Yeah, um, Amongst the, the real world, like it can happen. It's, it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun. I think so. Um, I mean, we've cut, we've covered covered everything we can without talking for hours and hours just about the different characters and stuff we've seen. We, we covered the um score a bit as well. Do, is there anything else you wanted to cover before we do our rating, Chase? I think we're there, man. Yeah, I reckon too. I'll go. I'll I'll go first. That's right. Um, I so just all in all, like like I said at the start, you know, good connection to this movie as a, as a kid and. I think like I really, really did appreciate it for, for the family value that it had, you know, as, as you know, when I was growing up, seeing it as an adult, there, there was a, you know, much, there was a lot more like inside jokes and a few things that maybe I, that went over my head and, but I, I still really, really enjoyed it. I found myself like laughing at the gags, not just the same ones I used to as a kid, but this new way, like looking at it a different way. And I got a lot out of it watching it again as an adult. And I don't think... If you can turn turn your 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 view on the animation, you know, dating itself, there's no reason why new audiences couldn't enjoy this movie. You know, like it's it's it holds up really really well. For for me, this is it's 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 a four out of four and a half out of five for me. Like, Ooh, four and a half. I can't I can't yeah. I can't really go go much lower than that. Um, it'll be a five if it was modern modern animation, but it's not. And other than that, like it's a brilliant movie. I loved every second of it. What about you? I mean, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna come in sort of where you are as well. Like, look again. You, you hit those points. Like, yeah, look, the animation. There's there's some questionable bits here and there. Like, again, it's not perfect, but it's passable and it still works. It holds up mm-hmm. enough, I think. Um, there's enough fun to be had with the characters here. You know, like it doesn't take itself too seriously, but there's still enough. It's taken itself seriously enough to yeah. be like, hey, look, we're making a real movie here with with stuff. But again, it doesn't get bogged down in mm. all the serious. It's just, it's like a cartoon. Like it's fun, it's wacky, it's loony. Yeah, um, it's <laughs> it's all of that. There's a there's a genuine like you know mystery, murder mystery thing mm. here, like a crime to be solved. And yeah. I think they pay it off. And there's a good little reveal. Like, like it's not it's not Shakespearean, you know, murder mystery. Yeah, but yeah. it's yeah it, it's just fun like and again mm. watching this was like i was like wow this is something that man i really should have been revisiting a long time mm. ago i had a lot of fun watching this thoroughly enjoyed it i really like this movie i'm gonna come with you i'm going nuts let's go 4.5 as well That's i was good. thinking maybe a four but you know after talking about it there's a lot to like here so 4.5 4.5 4.5 two 4.5s it's brilliant um i know i, I honestly recommend Anybody, if you haven't seen this movie in a long time, guess get get in there and have a look and enjoy yourself for a bit, you know. But um, that I guess, Chase, that was our rewind, mate. So 1988's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. Make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Rewind and Review Podcast and Twitter and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, That Film Stew and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. They do indeed. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of Rewind and Review. We'll see you on our next trip. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. That's all, folks. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> oh, I love how it, it was like it was like Tolkien's origin story. And he oh, like, yeah, it was. When it hey, I like that. I might, uh, <laughs> might and he just adopts it. Like, oh, uh, do you know that's on? It's obviously set in the 1940s and stuff as well. So it's like this is before review. Ah, no, we've done it. We've done the review. We do. We did. Do you know um, Mel Blanc, who actually voices him? That's actually written on his um his tombstone, his gravestone. Is um that's awful. Beautiful. Yeah, isn't that cool?